Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. We are once again live down here in the Barricade Studios for another episode of the Sports Frenzy Podcast. So down. With me, your host, Freddy Loso, with my co-host, Stevie G. What's up, guys? Let's go. And with my other co-host, Anthony, the Encyclopedia. And gentlemen, in the words of Elton John, the bitch is back. Yeah, yeah, the bitch is back, all right. Sasha Banks has returned. The boss. The bitch. I, I guess whatever we're rolling with it. And her first night back, she already was getting people complaining that she hit Becky in the back of the head with the chair. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I saw a fan video of that. It's uh, she just she just cracker one. It was excellent. You know what? That was a timing thing. I think they were both at, at fault on that one. That was an accident. See, but this is what gets me with with freaking marks. You know, like I love them. We're one of them. But you, you well, it's actually three of them. But yeah. Who's counting? Who's counting? You, you praise fucking Cody Rhodes when he takes a chair shot to the head in the middle of AEW. And then Sasha messes up here, hits Becky in the back of the head, and then, oh, no, it's a fucking travesty, blah, blah, blah. She's doing too much. Fuck, make up your fucking minds, is what this, I say. I mean, you have to keep in mind, WWE is supposed to be PG. Thank you, Mr. and Miss Linda McMahon. SummerSlam was TV 14. But this was on Raw, though. It was. It was. What's Raw rated nowadays? But still, you know what I mean? Like, No, I hear you, but even with the Cody Rhodes thing, like, not as major, because I agree with you. It was his major heat, but Sean Spears was getting heat on, like, social networking for that. But uh, not as major heat. I agree with you. You know, that's uh, – I mean, I'm not trying to be a dick here because we know I – talked before i think but is that a gender equality thing like are they not treating the women the way they treat the men because the men had minor minor criticism for it now that it happened with two women oh my god sasha banks is a bitch blah blah blah. how could she do that she wasn't careful you know like it's it's a little weird but this isn't the first time that sasha's been accused of hurting somebody remember how many people blamed her for Paige's injury and it was really in Paige's case it was a the right the the next time she took a hit to that neck, it was it was bound to happen. It just so happened it happened to be Sasha. And side note, just so you guys know, Paige's surgery went well today. She's already on a flight back home. Bree and her mom went and visited her in the hospital. But God forbid that had been somebody like Nia Jax. They would fucking oh crucify her online. Crucified her. Listen, I don't even want that name brought up in this podcast until she's back because I'm enjoying not seeing her. <laughs> There's a big difference between being green like Naya was for a while and just uh, accidents. It's not a it's not necessarily a gender thing. Remember all the heat Seth got when he broke John Cena's nose, and then he and then Sting got injured. And then he murdered Sting and his career, whatever. Um, but back to Naya, like Naya in my eyes is like almost getting to Natty's point in Freddie's eyes. She she's not there. I'll respect her if I see her. Where I know Freddie would probably spit in Natty's face if he had the chance. But um. Nia Jax, like, at the t- <laughs> she was frustrating me. Uh, See, I'm not happy she got injured. I'm happy she's not around. We'll put it that way. Y- you know why? She's not like most girls. See, now, you, you mentioned Sting. Is that karma? We just lost 500 listeners when he did that. <laughs> Is that karma for what he did to Rick Rude back in the day? 
Hmm. That, that's a case to be had right there. Is it karma for him freaking ruining Rick Rude's rest of his career for what he did? That's another case where I think it was just a matter of time. I mean, there's certain things like, look, did Owen Hart really get that much heat when he dropped Austin on his head? Not really. Correct. Correct. And I, I know it's I know I know it's not cool to to uh, go after the dead here who can't defend themselves. But I mean, he, to this day, Austin said that before the match, Owen kept saying, "I'm going to drop to my legs," and Austin goes, "You're just choking your knees." And Owen kept saying, "No, I'm to my legs," and Austin just figured he was ribbing them. But yeah, man. SummerSlam. What did you guys think of the card? Whew. I'll be honest with you guys. Um, I uh. I was down south, down in uh, Rehoboth Beach, and I got back to my hotel late. I stayed at the Econo Lodge because there wasn't anything that was reasonably priced um, being there. It was a huge Ocean City weekend because um, there was a huge, like, fishing tournament and all this crap. But, uh, yeah, not only did the hotel, like, it wasn't that impressive, but the fucking Wi-Fi. Do you know how I streamed What If SummerSlam that I actually saw there live? Was I used the hotspot on my phone rather than the hotel Wi-Fi. Because it was playing better than the hotel Wi-Fi. But anyways, saw the show. I thought it was a decent show. Um, I don't have much complaints on it. I don't have anything that crazy stuck out to me. Um, the Goldberg-Dolph Ziggler thing, like, you know, end the match to call it a day. You could have, like, given a match the time that, Dol- that Goldberg came back and speared Dolph Ziggler 50 fucking times. Um, I do look at things like that when I don't like them. Um, the Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon, I enjoyed that match, but I'm a KO fan. We know this. Um, Coffee Kingston Orton, you know, decent. Um, Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar. I will honestly say, because we know I don't favor Brock Lesnar that much. I'm happy Seth Rollins won because we know I hate Brock Lesnar. But I enjoyed that match. I thought it was great. Um, you know, Seth was milking his quote-unquote, injury, but, you know, he kept coming back. Brock Lesnar kept coming back. It, it was a good match. Um, I enjoyed the card. I'm not saying, like, it was like, oh, my gosh, amazing, but, you know, it, it was all right. It was cool. I personally enjoyed NXT TakeOver Toronto way more. I thought the match quality was much better on that. I'll agree with you on that. I didn't even bring that up. You're right. Yeah, we should probably talk NXT more so we could talk about something more positive. But uh, I will say, though, Despite that card, uh, there was the takeover. There was two things that bothered me. First, I I love Shayna Baszler as a wrestler, but there was something. There's certain opponents she just doesn't have that chemistry, and VAM is definitely one of them. And then I know people love that ending with Cole and Gargano, but it's like it, lo- it looked like they both jumped, and I was like, well, there was no way they could figure out to make it look more like a fall than a jump. All right, I agree with you there, but that match was. It Amazing. was still sick. That was an excellent, yeah. excellent match. It was a great match. Absolutely. I mean, the... I skimmed a lot of that event, I'm not going to lie, but I wanted to get to that Adam Cole-Gargano match, and I'm happy I did. That was great. We, we watched that while we were down there. Yeah, if you if you haven't seen it, I as much as I hate to say it, the women's title match is the only match that's probably not worth it. Everything else on that card was really good. Um, Io Shirai versus Candice LeRae was, was a great match. The tag team title match was a great match. The triple threat for the North American title, top to bottom, but the two out of three falls for the NXT title uh, was definitely the match of the weekend. Now, as far as SummerSlam, 
I thought the submission match was pretty innovative. We don't haven't seen that very often. Um, you're talking. You're talking the uh, Becky Lynch and Natalia match, right? Yes, I am. Freddie, when you speak, I want to know your opinion on that because I agree that was a great match. I agree with you. Go on. Sorry. Um, as far as as far as Goldberg versus Dolph, um, I don't tweet very often, but I did during that match because I flipped shit. Quote: Hope everyone enjoyed Heel Ziggler's WWE career. Goldberg destroys him after kicking out of two super kicks at one. His WWE career is pretty much over. If anyone should leave WWE, it's him. He'd be better off with AEW. And this is somebody from somebody that is not the biggest AEW fan, and I'm saying that. Why can't Goldberg at least kick out a two? I mean, it made the super kick look completely fucking weak. Mm-hmm. I don't understand the point of that. Let Goldberg go. Go. Yeah. And guys, I just want to say before he continues, the fire in Anthony's eyes as he's saying this, that Ziggler Goldberg match really pissed him off. It did. It he did. looks I mad. I haven't man. seen something like this from the encyclopedia in a while. I'm enjoying it. Yo, I hope there's some cursing and some pipe bombs coming from this. I hope. I hope so. Look, the fact of the fucking matter is nobody there expect, it is. Nobody expected Doug Ziggler to win. I I think it would have been better off if he got completely steamrolled without the super kicks. It made it look even worse. By doing that, and I, I know I said last week, the part timers need to get the, some of the full timers over because that's, that that trick and pony is only going to work for so long, especially when those part timers can't do it anymore, and they're not putting anybody over. Ziggler doesn't fall in that category. I understand that, but that the kicking out just really pissed me off to no end, and it kind of ruined things for me for a little bit. Well, because they use Ziggler to boost back up uh, Goldberg after he had his major fuck-up with his match on uh, with uh, Taker in Indonesia, Africa. And freaking, um, whatchamacallit, they, uh, they they let Ziggler like, take the fall for that when it wasn't Ziggler's place to take the fall. Ziggler had no business being in that position. Personally, going into that show, I was more excited to see Miz versus Ziggler. And even when they did that on Raw, in my opinion, they fucked that up. But, you know, whatever. I'm kind of sick of the Miz Ziggler thing, but if they did it in like a cage or something, since we've seen them in just about every other match, I would have been okay with it. Um, the double count out in the title match, I didn't have a problem with Kofi and Randy going to a double count out. What I had a fucking problem with, and this is more bullshit, is after the match, Kofi starts beating the shit out of him with the kendo stick. Okay, fine. And then he gets up on the turnbuckle and starts celebrating like he won. You didn't win jack shit. It was a double count out, and now you're going to have to face him again. What are you celebrating? And I partially blame WWE for saying, oh, we're going to play the music and let the fans go home happy. There was no reason to be happy after that. After he did the beatdown, he should have just fucking left. Listen, in my opinion, Canada was not a fan of any of the New Day members, it seemed. So I don't even know why he celebrated. Canada's been dubbed as Bizarro World for years because their fans kind of react differently than everywhere else. Gotcha. And we just lost the Canadian audience. Sorry, don't beat me up when I'm in Montreal in October. Blame Canada. Fuck Canada. What? Whoa. Whoa. What are you talking about? Eh? Even though it wasn't much of a match, which no one was expecting, the Bray Wyatt thing just creeped me the fuck out, especially that lantern. Uh, that was fucking great, though. With the eye zone and everything. And then they kept showing it. They and it was it. his head, though. Did you know that? Yeah. yeah. That was great. So they've hit it out of the park there, but of course, because they're TVPG, we'll see how long that goes. And then Seth gets this shit kicked out of him for weeks and wings back the title. I don't have a problem with him winning back the title. It was just the fact that I felt like they should have saved that for like a Hell in a Cell match. Um, 
I mean, with the beatdowns he's been taking, I'm supposed to believe that he could just come back and win the title. After all that, he could barely stand like five days before, which was seven days after the initial beatdown. So it was it wasn't a terrible card. It reminded me of SummerSlams of old. Um there's nothing that to me the only thing that really stood out is going to be the Bray Wyatt Fiend debut. Yeah, I think that entrance in general stole the whole show. Yeah, so I'll, I'll agree with you guys on the card. I loved it top to bottom. Uh the Becky Natalia match was a good match. I won't have any so you're it proud was, of your girl Natalia? I'm not proud. You're I'm proud of the kidding. effort? Anything? Good, good effort. Good effort. <laughs> I did enjoy the match. Uh, Bray Wyatt's entrance, phenomenal. Best thing WWE's got going right now. Uh, Dolph Ziggler's super kicks. I think it's been diluted since he's been using it. I mean, Shawn Michaels was innovator of the super kick. Dolph had the zigzag. Fucking keep your same move instead of switching off. But I digress. Goldberg, hang it up. It's been too long since you've been doing it. You weren't great in WCW. You had that little run that worked. Your WWE run sucked. And since then, it's just been more and more downhill. I was surprised by by Seth winning it. I was very surprised. I didn't think he was going to take it. But um happy to see that. It gives credibility to the belt that it can change hands and they're not going to just fucking keep it on Lesnar till God knows when. So I am enjoying that. Fuck Lesnar. Uh, I wasn't happy that a lot of the guys weren't on the card. You still had a, a bunch of guys who you really didn't, you, you really didn't see them. Or you did see him, and it was like five seconds, and that was it. So, I mean, uh, I do enjoy where the product's going. I want to see more of it. I'm liking the new twist that they're throwing on things and not being as predictable as they used to be. So, I want to see what's going on now. All right. And then to recap the picks. So, Stevie G and Freddie both finished at nine and three. So Freddie retains the world title, but you guys are co-pay-per-view champions, and I was just behind you at eight and four. Because we're just too sweet, baby. So congratulations, guys, co-pay-per-view champions once again, and Freddie retains. So Freddie maintains an eight-point lead over me. He's at four twenty-five. I'm at four seventeen, and Stevens at four fourteen. That being said, we do have possibility for bonus points in next couple weeks but uh we'll talk about that in a little bit so then we move on to monday night raw um before we do that there was a clip going into SummerSlam that sky sports put out and it concerned becky lynch uh, and during the interview it was a five minute piece the question was asked is there unfinished business with her and ronda rousey which becky basically said there wasn't a single match so yeah there is there is some unfinished business there. But that being said, she also complained about Rousey complaining backstage about the part-time schedule when she wasn't full-time. Um, and then when she was asked about missing her, 
She countered that, no, she doesn't, and that there are plenty of challengers out there, and then proceeded to go on a two-minute tirade about how, actually, there aren't any challengers because nobody's stepping up. Everyone backstage is too busy worried about their hair or what have you. Um, it was really quite an interview. So, kind of interesting that she did that interview. And Sasha had actually Sasha Banks had actually tweeted back again about it, and then all of a sudden Sasha comes out and basically beats her down. Um, but it was a really interesting interview and it's, it's those little touches like that, that I feel like is also a direction they're going in more and more using the social media. So, uh, it was nice to, it was, it, it was interesting to see that. Um, I don't know how often they're going to do that. Um, I'd be curious to see on the all elite side if they cut back from doing that as much. Cause right now to get hyped up for, for all out, you really need to be watching their YouTube channel. Um, I know I'm guilty of not watching it on a weekly basis, so um, but if you do the right mix of TV with social media, I think this works. And Becky Lynch has been using it uh, phenomenally in the last year. Any other thoughts on that, guys? I mean, Sasha's return, decent. You know, they, they did a pretty good job at keeping it hush, I would say. So hats off to WWE on that aspect. But well, I agree with 24. She was probably hiding in a bus, you know. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what they do. <laughs> the way there's the black bus. Who the fuck could be in there? So, so does the boss become the one to dethrone the man? No, no shot. No shot. Just another hurdle or bump. Who? Who? Then? Then who? Rousey. Rousey's Rousey's trying to get preggers. She's not coming back for a while. Money talks, man. I think Lana. It's her time. <laughs> <laughs> She's too busy posting Instagram photos, uh, oiling herself in skimpy bikinis. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And the quote of a fan X, I will jerk off to that later. <laughs> Hilarious. No, you, you mentioned Lana. What happens with her and Rusev? I don't know. I I, th- I feel like they're done. Where the fuck have either of them been? Are they on summer vacation? Like they've been given time off. Uh, I I actually, yeah. Unless they're gonna bring Rusev back as a monster heel or as the fun loving guy that we saw on Total Divas, I really don't care what they do with them otherwise maybe they should get their own reality show like Ms. and Mrs. they can make a whole big thing out of this whole thing with the reality shows with the WWE I mean we got the Bellas we got the Divas we got Ms. and Mrs. Rusev and Lana would be interesting we know Lana's a fucking pain in the ass to uh based on the reality show and if she's gonna oil herself up half the time it could turn into like a porn that's great (laughs) Rusev crush He's he's got to redo his whole character. I, I think it's become stale. They don't know what to do with him, and he's got to come up with something that'll work. I think maybe lose the whole Bulgarian brute thing and just reinvent the wheel or something to bring him back, or let him go. Rusev, super spy. <laughs> Double O Rusev. Have him have him come out with Cesaro. Yeah, right. James Bond shit. 
which I was actually surprised. I don't know if you guys saw the main event spoilers. They actually had Cesaro and EC3 team up and actually win a match this week. And I think it was against Ryder and Hawkins. <laughs> like, where the well, they were about doing a stable. Where did Cesaro, go. They, they were talking about doing a stable with Cesaro, Rude, and EC3. And then apparently that got scrapped. Of course. What the fuck was EC3's match on Raw? Like, I fast forwarded through. Not EC3. Rude. I fast forward through that shit real quick. I started to kid. I was like, "Fuck this." So he faced No Way Jose, and I, th- yep. I, I, and I thought when I saw that, I was like, "Oh, No Way Jose and Robert Rude. All right, I like Rude uh, as a character. I mean, he's not gonna wow you in the ring, but he could go." And I'm like, "Why is this being done?" And then it occurred to me they were in Toronto. Guess where Rude's from? Toronto. So let's see. Let's see if he's on Raw again next week. But I think it's going to take time to build his momentum back Good up stuff if they go Bobby there. Bobby Roode in TNA when he teamed with James Storm's Beer Money, the best times well, of Bobby Roode's career. Well, he, yeah, and even but even when he was in NXT, he was over. And I just I feel like the, the mistake they made was because the fans sang along to his theme. Vince, all of a sudden, I'm guessing, oh, the fans are singing his theme. He must be a face. Your impressions are a no too. I love it. <laughs> Stevie G throwing haymakers tonight. I'm having fun today. <laughs> there was a couple other things. Um, and part of it goes into SmackDown, so I'll finish up with that. First off, the second time this year we saw a match where there was a three count and the re- the shoulder was up and the referees just kept counting anyway. Yeah, that was clear as day. That was Thursday. Right, it was bad enough that they did it at the random of WrestleMania, but now we now we had it again on Raw. Uh, so I don't know. What and was they up called the ref out on it. The commentators did call him out on it. Yeah, he was clearly up. Yeah, it didn't make it. I don't understand what the point of that was, but anyway. Um, and then, really, uh, there's the whole Samoa Joe factor. It seemed like last week he was turning face, and then all of a sudden this week he was acting heelish again. So it's like. Which direction are we go? I mean, I like him as a heel. I think he's better off as a heel, but they're not going to put him over the top. Um, well, you I- have to keep in mind, last week was for drama and was for that 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 it factor in that whole segment. I mean, you look at these Samoans and these Samoans, like you know, they could be family. Don't you talk bad about my Samoans, Stevie G. You see, I was about to poke at him too. They they could they could be family or they're not family or just the fact that they. Say they're Samoans, they're automatically family. You got people who are like, what are you, Puerto Rican, and what else? Spaniard. Uh, yes, yeah, Spaniard, thank you. He's Spanish, but he still feels he's Samoan. And you know what? If he was in wrestling, he would be part of the Samoan dynasty because right. that's the way they are. You damn right I would be. And I'm not hating on that. I'm not you hating on that. So, with the shows. so for a minute, <laughs> for a minute, Samoa Joe was like, oh, damn, my Samoan brother almost just got hit by a car. Someone gets help. But then this week, he went back to Bougie Badass, which is great because I didn't want that soft character of Samoa Joe. I like the badass, mean character of Samoa Joe. So uh, I I was totally fine with them going back to it. And, guys, just so you know, in case you didn't pick up on it, El Oso is not El Oso. He's Samoan, all right? So now that we got that out of the way, Go back to your rant, Mr. Jufal. Actually, I was going to say, uh, speaking of Samoa Joe, did, and this kind of goes back into SummerSlam, did anyone else notice that 
last year's AJ Styles Samoa Joe storyline coming out of SummerSlam is kind of similar to what they did with Kofi and Randy Orton this year. Randy goes after his family and Kofi goes apeshit. Last year Samoa Joe t- was talking to Wendy and AJ Styles goes apeshit. Really? In the last year we couldn't come up with some sort of difference? And it's the same damn title. Recycle it until it works. Yeah. Now, speaking speaking of Kofi and Randy, what did you guys think of Randy having the revival come out and help him beat down the New Day? Um, it's interesting to say the least. Uh, I think it would have been would have been nice to build it up a little bit more. It seems like the revival just keeps getting tossed around. Are they high goons now? Is that what they are? Because they did it for Shane, right? And now they're doing it with Orton. Like, are they just a hired goon squad for right now? I guess it's possible. I just, I don't like. I mean, I don't like that role for them. But if they're gonna do like that, the then they, it's like yeah. If it's gonna be like the APA, then they 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 need to own it, and they're not owning it right now. Yeah, it's true, man. Uh, you guys know I love the revival, that old school tab team feel that they that they bring every week. So. I hope that they don't screw them in the long run because they'll be on their way to AEW fast, quick, and in a hurry. Just like many wrestlers should be. Yeah. Dolph Ziggler, Rusev, um, Cesaro. There's so many guys that should hightail there. And Vince is sweating. Now, before we really dig into SmackDown, though, let's talk about the Vince sweating thing because I know I mentioned it to you guys before and Anthony just read up on it. Um, Dolph Ziggler had a handshake deal with Vince McMahon that after SummerSlam, you know, after that whole program went, so I guess it extended to Raw technically with The Miz, he was supposed to be done for a while. So he could, quote-unquote, do his own thing. And then he went to Vince McMahon sometime during Raw yesterday and went up to him and was basically like, we're done, right? We're good, you know? And Vince is like, nope, I thought about it. I'd basically rather pay for you to sit at home than release you. So, no, you're still under contract kind of deal. Which I'm sure Ziggler's pissed off somewhere about. But you know what? That's a sign that Vince McMahon is experiencing desperate times that he will destroy someone's career and then not let them go so he could try and have a better life and better career somewhere else. Kind of uh, kind of ridiculous. Kind of what kind of reminds me of uh, Shane McMahon's role with Kevin Owens yesterday on SmackDown. Doing his like little stupid bullshit with giving him that hundred thousand dollar fines. Yes, I guess it's storyline, but Shane, it's okay. Keep making yourself look like a punk ass pussy. I mean, yeah, you guys, uh, your Mean Street Posse days are coming out, Mister uh, Another Bougie Badass. But the difference between him and Joe is is that uh, there's nothing badass about Shane McMahon. It's nice to be the boss's son. That's that's all you could say about that. It's true. That's why you got to get it in writing. I mean, it's it, it's shitty, but you're was, right. And it's Dolph, a business. Yep, yeah, and Dolph should have known better. I don't understand the point. I don't understand the point of holding somebody back that you're. They don't want to be there if you're not going to use them. But he's got that right. Don't sign the contract. And this goes into sports in general. I like, and it's big, especially in soccer. Somebody doesn't want to play for a team anymore. They make this big stink and try to arrange for a transfer. I'm sorry, you signed the contract. It's true. It's happened in the NBA too. Yeah. Where guys will say, "All right, I'm coming to your team during free agency," and then a deal comes two days later, a la freaking DeAndre Jordan, 
where he was supposed to go to the Clippers and was or the Mavericks, something like that, and then was like, nah, um, I'm I'm going to the Clippers. And it happens in the NFL too. I mean, yeah, it happens till it's until it, it's in paper and with a pen. It's not official, man. Well, with that said, talking about SmackDown, I, I we, we know I skimmed through a lot of these shows, but something stuck out majorly this week on SmackDown to me. I see the entrance of Buddy Murphy coming down, and then I see Roman Reigns, and I'm like, holy shit, it's going to be a Samoan, um, you know, smash match, basically, like, you know. Roman Reigns going to uh, dominate him, like, uh, you know, whatever. And that's it. Those two put on a great fucking match. And Buddy Murphy earned my respect to that match. I actually th- was believing in some points. I'm like, oh, my God, this guy may fucking win. It was a great match. Uh, great, like, wrestling in general. Um, very back and forth. And Buddy Murphy did not look like an ass until later on the episode when Daniel Bryan, like, had his way with them. But the match itself was fucking great, and I would love to see them go at it any time again. Like, that was awesome. Did you guys hear that apparently Buddy Murphy was never supposed to be in that storyline, and the only reason why he was placed in it is because people noticed him in the background when that whole scaffolding incident happened with Roman the week before? Mm-hmm. It, it may be a blessing in disguise for him, because now he's actually on in with main event guys. This is blessing in disguise for Buddy Murphy, the best kept secret. And actually, maybe maybe he could join Daniel Bryan's faction instead of being kind of stuck in the middle. Don't do him any favors. I think it could work, man. Every faction needs a lackey, right? Look, I mean, what's his other option? They're gonna be, he's gonna fall out of favor pretty quickly. Otherwise, I I don't see them keeping him in this storyline for much longer. I think it's a good idea for him. But great match. <laughs> great great match, by the way. Now, well, speaking of superstars who are always in the background, Alicia Fox. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Some she, people can't handle their alcohol. They can't. And it's been how long now that we constantly hear stories of her coming out? Did you Wait. hear what this one was? I, di- I didn't hear this one. The and rumor was with, uh, what's his name? Um, Rhonda's husband, Travis Brown. Wait, what? The last time was? The, yeah, the last time. And then it. another time was uh, when Arn Anderson got fired for letting her go into the six-man tag drunk. Yeah. And now this time, the rumors coming out of Toronto is that. Some fan got loud with her, and she got in the fan's face and tried to go at the fan. And other people had to intervene to get her away. It was all because she was wasted when this fan said the wrong thing to her. So for them to identify it as a fan, it must have been something at the hotel or the arena or something. This wasn't something that just happened at a bar, in my opinion. Okay, because you're in a bar, it's in public. You know, yeah, it still looks bad, but you don't identify these people as fans. You could identify them as, oh, some patron, some asshole, some fuckface. You know, whatever the fuck you could call them. But you don't necessarily call them a fan if it's at a bar. I mean, I don't think. But for them to point out that there's a fan and people had to intervene, she's in some shit. And basically, 
from what I read, because I try to read into it more, WWE is going to be suggesting rehab for her. Apparently, they already have, and she rejected it. Didn't she almost get Michael P.S. Hayes fired as well? That I don't know. I tell you, if there's somebody that should have been fired for sexual and racial discrimination a long time ago, it was Michael P.S. Hayes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That free bird name will push you through anything, I guess. Remember, he's more black than Mark Henry. <laughs> what the fuck? Now, also coming out of Raw, we got the announcement that King of the Ring is back next week. I think it's, you know, lackluster. WWE had a chance to really do something good with the King of the Ring, make it a pay-per-view. They're talking about bringing back pay-per-views a la Bash at the Beach, I think, for next year. They may have refiled for that trademark, if I'm not mistaken. Encyclopedia, I'm sure, will correct me if I'm wrong. But um, what do you guys think of King of the Ring coming back? I love the idea. I was really excited when I saw that. And then I thought, wait a second. It's the night after SummerSlam. Why are they doing this now? And the funny, and it almost seemed like they were trying to book it as the show was going on because they opened it up and said, next week, King of the Ring, Monday Night Raw. And by the end of the show, all of a sudden it was on Raw and SmackDown. Now I heard that it's just going to, now I heard that the semifinals are going to be at the MSG Raw and SmackDowns in early September. So they keep, they keep kind of extending and drawing this thing out. And the one thing I think that kind of sucks about it is one of the, things i liked about king of the ring was you had to win two to three matches in a night to really earn that that title i mean if you're just winning a match a week that's what made it king of the ring you know right they started watering it down in uh 90 i guess it was 97 when uh triple h won actually no it was 96 when austin won it was only two it was only the semifinals and finals then uh and i, I missed the three match format uh the three rounds i heard that was a vince decision he didn't want guys working multiple times he felt like it would the lack of advertising would hurt the drawing power of the card which i don't quite understand that um i mean look some of the biggest things in the world sports wise uh the nfl playoffs for example leading into the super bowl the ncaa uh final four tournament so i don't know where he's coming up with that but all right, so wait. Let's just take a second. We're going to reflect on this whole King of the Ring thing because I, I, I want to speak a little bit of a piece about it. All right, maybe uh, Freddie's going to get something out of me right now. But yes. let's 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 all take a moment to reflect on WWE pay-per-views these last couple of years. And what I want you guys to do is off the top of your heads, we're going to do it together. And we're going to play a little game like we're children in uh, elementary school. I want you guys to name some of the shitty named pay-per-views that are out there. I'll start with one. How about Fastlane? Um, what do you guys got? Because there's definitely some stupid ones out there. Roadblock. Roadblock? Another shitty one. Goodness gracious. Great balls of fire. Yo, that's another one. What's the one uh, where the ones are like, oh, the different brands are facing each other or, or, or something rights? Bragging right, rights? Bragging rights. Uh, are you fucking kidding me? Uh, do you remember the voting one? Taboo Tuesday. Taboo <laughs> Tuesday? So how the fuck are these shows getting pay-per-views... Okay, getting pay-per-views where you call up or you order online or you order from the the comfort of your home on your remote or watch on the WWE Network for $9.99 where your first month is free. How the fuck are those events getting events and King of the Ring is a fucking TV show that some split into Raw only or it's over a couple months, whatever the fuck. No, give me my King of the Ring pay-per-view. 
Throw 32 fucking guys in matches. The winners of those goes into the next round. Winner of that next round and then the finals. And do that all on the pay-per-view. Okay? Do your 32, like, wrestlers on the individual shows and build it up like they used to. And then have a three-round King of the Ring pay-per-view with maybe two matches in between the rounds. A world, Maybe it could be two world championship matches. Or it could be something different. But give us King of the Ring back in, like, you know, sometime after Mania. Where you could even do it old school. Where the winner goes on to face the champion at SummerSlam. Okay? Make it into a Royal Rumble-esque thing like they used to at King of the Ring. Like... It's just mind-blowing that they have this tournament that is such money. It's such – it's great. It's a great show no matter what. I mean, yes, you could fuck it up. But it's a show that I think people would be intrigued for and enjoy watching. We all enjoyed watching it back in the day even when a little fucking firecracker shooting out of a camera into Hulk Hogan's eyes that totally missed. But we all sat there like, oh, shit, the paparazzi. The paparazzi blew up Hulk Hogan's eyes. Like – what the fuck? Go back to the King of the Ring pay-per-view show. When Sheamus won, wasn't a show, it was a fucking joke. When Wade Barrett won, oh, we did a little fucking special on the network. No, no, you didn't. You did a glorified house show, you stupid bastards. Okay, go back to the the go back to back in the day and do it the way it should be done. Because I'm sorry, I don't know if you guys disagree, but there wasn't King of the Rings that were on pay-per-view. That were not um, enjoyable. They were great shows. And like um, Kevin Owens said. Bret Hart. Owen Hart. Kurt Angle. Edge. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Triple H. Huge names have won that tournament. And they did it on pay-per-view. We had some of the most memorable moments in WWE history come out of King King of the Ring. Yeah. Bro, I'm 100% behind you. Look at. Look at um, Bret Hart. Jerry Lawler jumped him at the end. Okay? Mm-hmm. Look at Owen Hart. Owen Hart, self-proclaimed king of hearts. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Austin 316 <laughs> came out of The birth of Austin 316. Correct. As Jake the Snake was probably still under the influence in, a, yeah. in, that, cha- in that main match. But fucking, yeah. Like, huge things came out of King of the Ring. And that's the pay-per-view that you're 86ing and not considering bringing back. Holy hell, man. Like, come on. I wouldn't even mind if NXT did a King of the Ring show. If it was NXT TakeOver King of the Ring and you didn't use it with WWE. Because I'm sure NXT guys would actually try a lot harder anyway. Like, oh my gosh. King of the Ring, I'm sorry. It pisses me off that it's not a pay-per-view. Rant over. Fuck. And I actually had heard a long time ago that it had to do with the buy rates for King of the Ring being the worst uh, from the Big Five. And I'm looking at the buy rates now. That wasn't actually the case. Yes, the last two years it ran, it was the case. But the previous years, there was actually a lot of years that it beat. It actually beat Survivor Series uh, two years. Uh, oh, I'm it sorry. It probably when Survivor Series when they got rid of that concept too, and had only one like eight or ten man tag elimination style. Because that's another thing WWE's fucking up. Yeah. Well, that is what it is. Um, I like your NXT though idea, and actually maybe what they could do. Instead of just calling a bunch of people up, you do a King of the Ring every year, but on the NXT level, and the winner of that actually moves up to the main roster. That could be interesting, too. It's a great idea. Interesting, too. Where the fuck is Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff now? Bischoff's too busy podcasting about all the new restaurants he's trying in Stanford. Please. 
I don't think he's doing much. I think we have to rely on Heyman for everything. Uh, that I agree with you. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Now, Encyclopedia, I know you're not. Oh, a- bad. I know you're not a huge NXT or AEW guy, but you got some stuff here for us. Bring us in. Anthony, out of his own pocket, is raffling off to one of the listeners tickets to the first AEW televised show in Chicago, Illinois. Or not. Or not. Yeah, or not. <laughs> Guys, all you have to do is email him at Jufra, no, I'm playing. <laughs> Why is he quiet? Do, do, do. Did you hear us? <laughs> so if you want to tell the Sports Frenzy universe, yeah. oh, you're giving away two tickets to All Elite Wrestling's first televised taping. Yeah. Fuck out of here with that. <laughs> if you could even get tickets for that. I mean, everybody that was trying to get tickets for that was crying about... Ticketmaster not working, and oh, I, I had to wait in the queue, and then and then it would tell me tickets, and then it would tell me, oh, those tickets were grabbed by another fan. Get the fuck out of here. That shit's been happening with WWE for years. So, Universe, all you have to do is call 1-900-RADIO-WWF, and it's only nine ninety nine per phone call, and you can be entered to win these tickets that are coming out of Anthony's hard-earned bank account. This coming from the guy that rang up $150 trying to get Lex Luger in the 1994 Royal Rumble. And he got in, baby. <laughs> like he wasn't gonna get in in the first place. Know, and we right. didn't pay that bill. <laughs> God, that was fucking Stevie hilarious. CBG paid for quarter of the Lex Express. No, we did not. We technically, I probably would have filled up like maybe two tanks of a bus. But at the end of the day, we did not pay for that. That was hard fought, and we won. Thank One you. of the only people who can say they beat Vince. I did. Did you for us? I beat what? That's two milestones I have in my life. I beat Vince and I beat Wendy's. Yeah right. Yeah he yeah that was uh. Front, my dad called Frontier and said there was no there was no authorization by someone eighteen or older for those phone calls to be made and Frontier said okay we'll take it off the bill WWE might contact you. <laughs> nice. WWF sir. Oh I'm sorry WWF thank you. Now, AEW has announced that their first title defense for the AEW championship will be October 16th in Philadelphia. So, what do you guys So, they're going to crown their first champion, and then the very first title defense will be October 16th. It's interesting. I mean, they got the time to plan out these shows well ahead, and they're definitely doing that. Um, I'd be curious to see who the, the number one contender will be. Uh, they haven't announced how that's going to be decided yet. Do you do that on the debut show on October 9th? Do you do it as part of All Out? Yeah. Well, and on Oct- the October 9th show, I'm sorry, the debut's October 2nd. I know on the second show they've already announced Moxley versus Sean Spears and the Young Bucks facing Private Party. Um, and then for All Out, they've added Ivelisse and Jazz to the Casino Battle Royal. They've added Joey Janela versus Darby Allen, the current reigning Northeast Wrestling Champion. That might be changing as of Friday, fingers crossed. Uh, and Jimmy Havoc in a triple threat. And then the AAA tag team titles. Once again, we're going to see the Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks. So they're, they're definitely, with the time they've had to plan things out, they're definitely getting a head start on things. Um, so I guess really it'll be 2020 uh, once they've been going for a couple months. 
we'll get to really see how great a show they can do on a weekly basis because but hats off to them that they're not wasting time and they're actually planning things out while they have the breathing room to do so well speaking of aew we got uh a couple of those guys coming up this friday to poughkeepsie um to the northeast wrestling prison break show um they just announced a couple days ago enzo amore will be having his first match since his Last match at WWE in the same arena, the Mid-Hudson Civic Center, and he's facing Brian Pillman Jr. Um, we also have, Anthony just talked about, Private Party with AEW. They're in a triple threat match against Insanely Rude and Luchasaurus and uh, Jungle Boy, um, replacing the Graysons, which I don't agree with. Um, I don't know if the Graysons will be on the card. We do hope they are. Um who else? I mean, Big Cass is in action. Um, we got the main event, Pentagon Jr. versus John Moxley. Um, Jerry the King Lawler and Keith Youngblood versus King Brian and David Arquette. And Say it right. Say it right or the Duke will get upset. King Brian? We should have had the Duke on tonight. Sure. And, and um the main event, and hopefully he gets to win his shot this time. Because if not, I think the Poughkeepsie crowd should riot. Hale Collins, who's come on here uh, once or twice, um, he's going one-on-one with Darby Allen, which should also be a sick match. Um, me and Anthony will be in attendance. Um, Eloso, I wish you were in attendance with us. You bastard. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Beto. There's still great seats. I heard the little Osos want to go. Yeah. <laughs> and La Osa. No, I'm playing. She don't want to go. No, she don't want to go. She, she don't want to go. <laughs> no way on that. Now, I don't know how much more we have to talk about because, like we've joked about in the past, I'm a Jerry Lawler type guy. I go off the fly. Um, I'm not scripted like these two. Just kidding. Um, but I want to point something out. Once in a while, we talk about movies. And movies, it's just because usually The Rock or John Cena or someone's in it, okay? I don't want this movie to go unnoticed because I've seen the previews. I'm waiting for it to come to our area because under lim- it's on limited release. The Peanut Butter Falcon. I saw it over the weekend. You saw the movie? How the hell did I you see it? Oh, never get- mind. I can't give away my sources. But I saw He's it. so dedicated, he went to New York City and saw it. Good for you, Freddie. I, I did. I went and saw it. Great movie. Couple of WWE cameos in this movie. I was going to bring it up before when you mentioned Jake the Snake. But Jake the Snake is in it, and so is Mick Foley. Yeah, I want to see it. I mean... I'll I'll go through the synopsis for you people who have no clue what we're talking about. Go ahead. A modern Mark Twain-style adventure, the peanut butter falcon tells the story of Zach, a young man with Down syndrome, who runs away from a residential nursing home to follow his dream to attending a professional wrestling school of his idol, the Saltwater Redneck. A strange turn of events pairs him with on the road with Tyler, Shia LaBeouf, a.k.a. Transformers, a small-time outlaw on the run, who becomes Zach's unlikely coach and ally. Together, they win through Deltas, elude capture, drink whiskey, find God, catch fish, and convince Eleanor, played by Dakota Johnson, a.k.a. the only reason why I watched Fifty Shades is because she was nude in it, 
a kind of nursing home employee charged with Zach's return to join them on their journey. Now, I don't think she gets nude in it, but I think I still want to see this movie. It is a very good movie. The Eloso gives his stamp of approval on this one. I well, and Ryan Tomatoes gave it 96%. That's the critics. That's not the fans. The fans gave it 98%. It's certified fresh, baby! One of the actors in the film, the boy that this that the f- story is focused on, I heard he's already been invited for WrestleMania next year. Awesome. That's, he did a great job. Shia LaBeouf did awesome. I definitely recommend it to both of you guys if you guys could check it out. Yeah, we'll talk about that after. Yes, we will. <laughs> <laughs> Once we're off the air, we will let, we will speak on this topic. <clears throat> But if that's all from from us, guys, you guys got anything else? Do we want to do uh, we each pick a King of the Ring winner uh, for 20 bonus points? Do you pick one or two? How are we doing it? Other tournaments, you've done two. It's up to you. We could do two. Hmm. All right. Let's run down quickly the list of entrants. You got Aaron Corbin, Cesaro, Cedric Alexander, Drew McIntyre, Ricochet, Sami Zayn, Samoa Joe, and The Miz. And from the SmackDown side, you got Ali, Andrade, Sienalmas, Apollo Crews, Buddy Murphy, Chad Gable, WWE 24-7 champion, Elias, KO, and Shelton Benjamin. Shelton Benjamin, what the fuck? He's going to lose in the first match. Yeah, he is. Um... My two guys, I'm going with Andrade and Kevin Owens. I'm going to go with either Andrade or uh, I think it may be Drew McIntyre. Oh, I hope not. I'm, I'm actually torn because I like Drew as a possible King of the Ring. I also like Andrade, and I think Kevin Owens would be a nice fit, but... As much as I want to pick Kevin Owens, I got a feeling they're going to use this to enhance the whole Shane McMahon storyline. So I'm going to say Andrade or Drew McIntyre. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we thank you for tuning in to another episode of Sold Out, brought to you by the lovely crew at the Sports Frenzy Podcast. So www. We actually had a sponsor. www.thesportsfrenzypodcast.com for all all the information you guys need we thank you guys for listening and we will catch you guys next week peace later